we're so disenchanted here today, ladies and gentlemen, that it's just, it's amazing. Things are messing Jesus. up. Steph made a wish and it just <laughs> fucked all of Nantuck up. So welcome to the show. Yeah, it's time to take her wand away. Yeah. I know, I'm not even... Oh, gosh. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Nomwatch Review, part of Nomtalk Network. I realized that I switched um, an audio input thing, and it messed up my microphone, and I just realized, like, oh, my microphone's <laughs> not existing. So I apologize <laughs> for that technical difficulty, but thank God for Jennifer and for Jordan, who here presenting their guests for the night jennifer and jordan um we we've got a long one today oh kind of we've got kind of a long one today we have a double feature we're going to be talking about enchanted celebrating 15 years and then we're also celebrating disenchanted which is what two weeks old 15 <laughs> days 15 yeah. days <laughs> oh my gosh i think it is it, it might be <laughs> but uh we're gonna start off with enchanted um but 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 goodness goodness it's like i like butts okay um my name is stephanie i am your host today <clears throat> i am enjoying a, a a hawaiian punch that is like a luau punch and i am eating some hawaiian barbecue because alejandro had a craving and we used this randomized like pick a winner thing and it picked hawaiian barbecue so that is what i am enjoying today we've got jennifer and jordan jennifer hi how are you how are you feeling what you snacking on hello i am feeling great i'm snacking on good old water because i had a late night last night and i over caffeinated this morning and then for the nutrition part, I have a gigantic cupcake inspired by Disenchanted. So I'm excited to be over sugared. Yes. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm excited to watch you eat that throughout this, <laughs> this stream. <laughs> and Jordan, hi. Hello. How are you? What you eating and snacking on? Hello. Good to see everybody. So I'm having my traditional Mai Tai. It's not on my Yeti anymore. I mean, I do have them, but uh, I found a bigger cup because it's easier to drink out of this uh, uh yeah a little mai tai and then i have some uh, it's called um the padre pizza from a local restaurant um that we have um and it's like arugula it's like white cheese dates um and just like a sprinkle of e evoo and then i have a bacon wrap date with uh, goat cheese in it and then some parmesan on top because i was starving so um it's already been proven good but uh yeah it's from the grand orge of the luggage room if you're ever in Pastina, go take a look at it. It's really great. It's like a small little place right by the train station. So you can take the gold line there. Um, but yeah, that's what I'm doing. Thank you. Nice. Awesome. Awesome. And then we have our regular Q, Q in the chat saying, I had shredded roast with elbow macaroni. Um, and, and he also gave us his, his, his popcorn rating, which yes, we are, we are going to talk about our popcorn ratings. This one is a little more different because we have different opinions on both films so we're gonna start off with enchanted now i personally gave it a four and a half because nostalgic purposes you know it, i i saw it when i got my first job over at the el capitan when they had their immersive experience and it was like my first first job and i was just like oh my god my first job's disney and now i'm in a tent and i get to dress little girls up and put makeup on them and i get to play in an arcade during my break this is the fucking life like that was my mind so here i am even watching it today and I still loved it. I still have all the songs in my heart. And so 
I don't care how horrible or cheesy it is, it's getting a four and a half from me. So, Jordan, what did you rate this movie? Yeah, so I just, I remember Enchanted being announced. And um, so I gave it a four and a half out of five because there were, so when this movie came out, it was like, it was marketed as the first live action animated, like mixed sort of film that was coming out. And I was like, and this was around the time that like Disney was starting to create those live action films, right? And like, we started to get, you know, things like, um, you know, I mean, this was much later on, but it was like Beauty and the Beast, it was Mulan, it was all these other wonderful, in fact, fantastic things that were getting made. And so this was like the actual one that was like first and it transitioned from animated to real life sort of, you know, uh, uh, live, you know, people actually portraying the characters. And so, um, you know, I when, you know, it was like Amy Adams, right? James Marston and... Um, uh, is it make, not McSteamy, but McDreamy? Um, I always forget his name. Patrick um, Dempsey. Thank you. Pa I was going to say Patrick Swayze, and I'm like, no, he's deceased. I just not here. Uh, but Patrick Dempsey. Um, and I was like, hell yeah! Like, I want to watch this film. And then I watched it, and it was an absolute gem to me. Right? Like, it was the original, original music, original like score, original just everything. Right? And you have Susan Sarandon. Right? Like as like the villain, you look all these things that are going on, right? But it still stuck to the original core of like what was Disney, right? Like what that film was. But it also steered away and it was like the starting point, right? Like this is before Frozen, it's before all this other mm -hmm. shit. Like it, it started the point where it was just like, oh, maybe I don't love the person that I just met, right? Like maybe there's something more. And then she basically comes to the real world where you know, that doesn't really happen, right? Like, that's very rare for that to happen for us. And so this entire movie was just absolutely phenomenal. I, I it was it was beautiful, the costumes, the dancing, the the music. And so I, I yeah, it was a four and a half out of five for me. And I loved it. Oh, I love that. And then and then Jennifer, what did we rate our popcorn or what did we rate our movie with popcorn? <laughs> <laughs> I would also rate popcorn if I had it, but I don't. I gave this movie five very nostalgic popcorn buckets or <laughs> sorry, popcorn boxes. Um, it makes sense, though. It still makes yeah, sense. Yeah, it does, because I have too many of those from Disneyland. <laughs> this movie came out about two years after I got divorced and when when things were going like this for me and my sister had also recently divorced her first husband we were both living back at my mom's house so this movie talk about an escape like it it was our sister bonding and we're almost nine years apart so you know we were we were bonding over our current situation and this movie was just such a breath of fresh air and you know we had every right to be very jaded about anything romance related, <laughs> but this movie, much like what Jordan said, you know, it had every little element of what you want from a princess movie, but it also made fun of itself and it made fun of those elements and that kind of, it was our, it was our little escape. And so we saw it a couple times in the theater. And then when it came on DVD instant purchase and would watch it all the time. I waited 15 years for this sequel. So <laughs> I'm excited for, I watched them both today twice. Yeah. I applaud you because I did the exact same thing. 
<laughs> I mean, they played in the background while I worked very hard at my job. Absolutely. Oh, yes. no, I, I completely believe that. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Like, you're good. You're safe. It's, it was in the background, you know. <laughs> um, Q, Q actually said four out of five because not only it's a good family film, the musical numbers were awesome, but some parts were cheesy and some jokes were over my head, but Amy Adams is phenomenal in this. And I completely agree. Like, I believe, yes. if I'm not mistaken, she had to take vocal lessons specifically for, like, Broadway musicality's mm -hmm. fantasy mm -hmm. style with Ellen Menken to ensure that she did deliver the princess role which she absolutely did, in my opinion. <laughs> IMO. <laughs> but, um, okay, so the story in itself, we start off in a fairy tale land of Andalasia, and we're introduced to Giselle. I almost called her Fiona. Oh my God. Oh my God. Giselle. Ah! <laughs> she's talking about her true love. They're making it all up, you know, like her and the little animals. And then immediately we get the first song. I mean, First off, we start off with Julie Andrews as the narrator. Mwah, I love you so much, Julie Andrews. But anyways, so the first song is, um, what? Oh my God, I can't even. True Love's Kiss. Yes, yeah. thank you so much. I've true been dreaming of a true kiss. love kiss. Yeah. I kept thinking and of the all the other ones. Yeah. yeah, yeah. How so... do I know that? Oh my God. <laughs> Gee, Did I you wonder. watch it twice today too? No, <laughs> no, no, it just this music sticks with you and that's, that's what i that's one of the things that i loved about this film is that it, it you know you could watch like, like and no shade no tea to any of it but like you watch like um in console and you're like mm, like the only thing that stuck with me was we don't talk about bruno great whatever mm -hmm. but you watch something like enchanted and like half of the score just sticks with you because the music is just so it's unique and it's catchy sorry Steph, but like yeah no, you're like, totally they, good it was it was yeah, like from the first moment, because you're like, oh, and then, you know, you get, you know, songs like, um, how does he know you love, right? And so it's just, it's so, sorry, it's just so good, the music, right? Yes, absolutely. So, you know, as we know, with just the intro song, like we've already, by that point, we've already had so many Easter eggs, including like a Cinderella-esque storybook little intro we have julie andrews who's mary poppins you know and she's also the queen of genovia as well we're not gonna we're not gonna disregard that <laughs> obviously she is queen and i will forever call her queen you know so we've we've got all these different things like the little woodland animals from snow white did you notice anything else easter egg wise hmm. yeah we'll just the animals helping her create the prince yes. was sleeping or um cinderella you know they i mean they weren't putting a dress together for her but they were sewing and doing cleaning for her which i live in the mountains and let me tell you they don't do that so <laughs> no matter how much you think um so that was that was the one i caught because jacques and um the little mice those are my favorites from from and also i just remembered that there was uh the the way that the prince was postured i believe is the same as prince eric in the little mermaid what the statue mm -hmm. that ariel has yeah. so i mean goodness gracious so many easter eggs already yeah. and we get true love's oh. kiss this entire soundtrack other than what that's amore 
and mm. Pink Elephants on Parade, you know, like actual Disney songs that they threw in there. Most of these songs were music created by Alan Menken mm -hmm. and then Stephen Schwartz, I believe. Mm -hmm. uh, so like this is we, we knew that this was going to be a really fun Disney princess like musicale sort of thing. So how did we feel about um, just the the entire scenario of um, Andalasia? Because that was one entire like set of scenes. It was in one setting. So how did we feel about like the animation style compared to the traditional styles or mm -hmm. like um, how cheesy the stories were? Because I feel like Giselle, as soon as she got that wedding dress on and she was heading towards the like the actual interior of the castle she seemed very like weird like i have never i've never seen a princess talk so much the day of her wedding but we've never actually mm -hmm. seen them on the day of their wedding either mm -hmm. so, true. <laughs> how do we feel like jen jennifer would you like to start on that one sure i i thought the animation i mean obviously that wasn't the focus of the movie the live action was but they did a really nice job with it it was colorful it it told the stories it needed to tell. Um, you got to meet Timothy and was it Timothy? Yeah, I think so. And the other yeah. character the no, the oh, guy that's her. The, the guy. Yeah. The guy. The guy. He was the rat. In Nathaniel. 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 There we Nathaniel. go. Oh, uh, 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 <laughs> his, his real uh, name is Timothy. Timothy Spall. Oh. No, it's Timothy no, Spall. Timothy Spall. Yeah. 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 Um, that's where I got Timothy from. I I was wondering when we first saw it, okay, how long is this going to be? Because this was really pushed as a live action movie. And yeah. and then, of course, we get the, the best little Easter egg of the old hag with the apple. And I was like, okay, you have you have my interest. I just, um, yeah. I think it was a good setup for the tone of what Giselle was like. Mm -hmm. And yes, yeah, she was rushing to her wedding and she's known this guy not even a day and and okay i didn't know my ex-husband very long when i married him but it's more than a day yeah. so you know it was like a year but um that's like a drunk girl in vegas scenario well we did get married on spur of the moment in vegas but we were Shut sober up. but you knew each other <laughs> but you knew each other yeah we knew each other it wasn't like you know no no strangers in the chapel no it wasn't um, like the hangover no yeah. oh. I would have been more fun. Um, <laughs> Imagine. The, I just, I thought it was just the right amount of like whimsy and fun to set the stage for what Giselle is like, because we had to know a little bit about her before we got her to New York or it wouldn't play well. Mm -hmm. And it was over the top Disney princess, which is what it, what she is and what it needed to be. So it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed that sequence. Okay, I like that. I'm so sorry. I just put. This is spicy chicken. This is really <laughs> spicy. I forgot how. Oh my god. Okay. Don't worry about me. I'll be fine. Jordan, how did you feel about the animated sequences? <laughs> See, you uh, you pulled a me where I'm like hosting and I shove food in my mouth and they stop talking. I'm like, I'm sorry. I hope to... Um. So <laughs> yeah. I, I like it, it. It was so. You know, we'll talk about this in Disenchanted too, but. It was giving very much like, um, almost like, you know, like 20th century Fox animated vibes. Like the okay. animation wasn't, yeah, like it was giving like, um, 
uh, 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 Fern Gully and like Quest for Camelot. Like it was mm-hmm. giving that type yeah. of animation, which mm-hmm. pulls in a question like, were you like kind of making fun of other things? Because they were very Ooh. capable of doing much better than that. And maybe that was sort of, I, I don't know what that was, but um, it, it was, it, yeah, it wasn't, um, I think, like uh, like Jen said, it wasn't the focal point of of the movie, which it wasn't absolutely at all. But I do feel like without that, the movie wouldn't have been what it is. And then you sort of get that feel in the sequel, right? Like where you know it's like back and forth, but also like it's necessary mm-hmm. um, for the plot and like for what happens. And so, um, I mean, I, it didn't take away from it at all. I think it added that whole disney feel to the movie but then once you start to get to sort of real life and and you get to like live action um you're like oh these they're just people right like like they're actual people and they're yeah they come from this area but they're actually trying to live in our world where the rules aren't the same right Mm -hmm. like things don't necessarily figure themselves out like they would um in andalasia so Absolutely. And and now, you know, now that you mentioned the live action portion, like portion, portion, (laughs) spicy. (laughs) Now that we're moving on to the the live action portion, um, you know, like she gets suckered into falling down a hole because that's, you know, queens do not want to be dismantled first. Queens do not like being dismantled. You got to kill them in order to replace them. Oh, my God. That seems a little too soon. Um, So... Now that we're in New York, it's the unhappiest place. There's no such thing as happily ever after is what, you know, the Susan Sarandon character, P- Princess Narissa, or Queen Narissa, Queen, Queen Narissa, Narissa said, oh my goodness, I'm going to get, I'm going to get <gasps> got today, I swear. <laughs> so Queen Narissa shoves her down and says, this is the place of no happily ever after. She lands in New York City. How, when, when you think of the world and where we, and like, different countries and like different ideas like what would would you consider new york like the hilarious epitome of a place that has no happily ever after or just real life in general hmm. <laughs> i feel Wait, like that's a hard so question <laughs> it is i'm thinking like how political do we want to get here because she she could have landed in like the middle east and like it, it just pick a country and it would have just been terrible it would have been worse. whole different I, movie oh my gosh yeah i think i think new york was the best choice for a disney movie mm-hmm. for multiple reasons right like mm-hmm. i mean it's not that people in new york are unhappy or anything <laughs> i just think it was a perfect setting for her to land it like because if she landed in la like great oh fine like whatever but it's like you know, it, it wouldn't have been the same. Um, it would it would have been a very different movie. Um, and so I, I think like New York with its like bustling metropolis and like everything that's going on, lights, sound, um, just everything, right? I, I think it was a good pick for them, especially mm-hmm. for this type of Disney movie. Um, I mean, I could obviously give you parts of the world where I'd be like, if she landed there, like it'd be game over, like in the first, you know, 30 minutes of the film. Oh, 100%. But, but yeah. Yeah, but I think for Disney, I think New York was the was the perfect pick. Okay, Jennifer, how did you feel? What do you What do you think? I think it was a good choice too, in that there's Central Park where they had that beautiful, vibrant scene in the middle of the movie, but then the beginning of the movie, it's just like literally she just face plants into reality. 
it's rainy, it's cold, people are rude to her. And I'm not saying that's because the whole stereotype of New Yorkers are rude, but I feel like any big city where she would have landed and been wearing this big poofy dress and talking about finding her prince, people would have been like, hmm, okay. So I think New York was a good, first off, great juxtaposition from the bright colors of Andalasia. She gets to New York, it's nighttime, it's dreary, everything's wet. The guy steals her crown. I mean, it's just, that was so sad. it's like, it's like from here to here real quick. <laughs> they just dropped her down. Yeah. Yeah. It went from the happiest day to like the worst day. Worst day. Ever. Absolutely. There's a, there's a, I think it was a TikTok I saw, but it was somebody saying that like the difference between West Coast and East Coast people, which is why I think if it was in LA, it'd be totally different. And it was like in LA, people are nice, but they're not, uh, so people are nice but they're not um, like uh, not empathetic, but they're, they're not like people that would like go out of their way to do something for you. And the oh, East they're coast. Nice, but they're selfish. Yeah. Like, like they're nice, but they're, um, but they're not kind is what, it, Oh, that's okay. what it was. So people from yeah. people from the West coast, they're nice, but they're not kind. So what they'll do is they'll say, Oh, I'm sorry. you got a flat tire. Right. But they won't help you fix it. People from the East Coast are not nice, but they're kind. So they'll fix your flat tire for you if you see them on the side of the road, but they'll bitch about it the entire time, which I prefer (laughs) that over somebody that will just be like, oh, I'm so sorry. Right. And Mm -hmm. so like, I think that's why you get the, you get the New York thing where it was like, you get there and people aren't necessarily nice, but I think for the most part, they're kind in a way where they genuinely just will help you out and complain about it. So. Ah, I feel like if she landed in an Amish location, this would be a completely different movie <laughs> and there would still be singing, but not in the context that she wants. No. Right. Right. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> but no, I, I do. I do agree. Like as as much as this movie could go a completely different direction in technically one of the unhappiest places on Earth, like if she landed in Disneyland, that would have been hilarious but for you know for the fact that it is a musical it is created like the songs and everything were created by broadway like history i i I would say like broadway history um it has to be in new york everybody goes out there and with a dream with an intent of like oh my god i'm gonna make it big kind of like how they do in los angeles but they are met with so much hostility and it's not because people are bad it's just People don't have time for right. for the nonsense. Yeah. I know, like it's, you know, there's a time and place, and you you are not my time or place kind of situation. Um, but thankfully, after she gets after she gets lost and wet and cold, and her tiara is stolen by that man, he's not a very nice man, by the way. She ends <laughs> up heading towards a castle billboard and is found by a lawyer and his daughter, who is Robert and and morgan or patrick dempsey and rachel covey so you know like we we know it's going to be a fun time as soon as mr heartthrob over here or dr dreamy shows up like we know we're we're in good hands we're in safe hands so they you know they bring him bring her into their home and then she hollers and summons wildlife that is in the city (laughs) you know urban wildlife and they help her clean the apartment and that's when Morgan wakes up, looks at it, 
grabs her dad and all he sees are a bunch of rats and roaches everywhere. (laughs) So he's freaking out. (laughs) And now we need to find out where, where did she come from? Who is this woman? And then, you know, like we're introduced, like, obviously, like we are, we see that he's a lawyer and he works in, 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 in a firm and all of a sudden, boom, there's another Easter egg and it is Jody Benson. And I'm so excited about it. Um, so moving on, uh, they're, they're trying to find out where she comes from. Then we get introduced to Nancy, who is Idina Menzel, and she's also Frozen's Elsa. So that's super exciting that she eventually does become, like, Disney Princess times two. Times Which it was so two. hard to differentiate while she was singing in Disenchanted, and I was like, oh, she's not Elsa, she's not Elsa, she's not, not Elsa. Right. It's not Elsa. It's not dark Elsa. Hair, it dark hair, dark hair. so hard. <laughs> right? Yeah. Right? Sorry. The animation's like, completely different too. Like, like, you're not, you're not Elsa. You're not Elsa. No, no. But we'll get to. And we'll, eventually, we'll, I got over it. Yeah, yeah. It, it takes a while, but yeah, no, we'll we'll get to that point too. Uh, but you know, like it seems like, um, Robert wants to propose to Nancy, but hasn't told Morgan because Nancy hasn't even stayed over. So obviously, Nancy's gonna be a little upset about the situation. Like, who's this random woman? She's beautiful and she's like gorgeous, and now she's like she does she live with you? Like, what is happening? Is there something I'm missing? How would you like what? How did you feel in that instance of him trying to say, like, she's nothing serious. She's literally just a lost person. We're just trying to find out, like, we know what happens. But how did we feel at that point when this entire thing transpired? Jordan? So, sorry. There was, like, some weird noise going on in my room. And I didn't know if the, (laughs) the whole room was collapsing. Or something. So I was like, "What is going on? Is my mom doing the hair hair dryer?" So I was like, oh, "What's oh. going on?" I'm sorry. Could you ask the question again? I'm so <laughs> sorry. No. So the situation where Nancy sees Robert and Morgan and Giselle oh. in the apartment. How did how did you feel in that instance? Like, obviously, we know what's going to happen, but we don't know how it's going to happen. But how how are you feeling at this point? Yeah. Well, because you're like, oh, so like we know the whole story from this from this point. But if you're Nancy, you're like, I don't know what the hell's going on. So you walk into this and you're like, oh, okay. And then, you know, and then you're like, Fuck, like, oh my God, oh my God, cheating. Like all this stuff like starts going on. Um, but I loved, um, I, I sort of kind of loved it because it, it sort of reveals everybody's character in that moment. And it sort of mm-hmm. reveals like sort of the future of like how Nancy obviously is going to be how Robert and how Giselle, how they all just sort of interact with each other or not interact with each other. Um, and uh, I don't know if at this point, Robert's brought Giselle to his firm, but um, yeah, I, I don't think, not I don't yet. think it's like, yeah, yeah. But that, that part was amazing. But yeah, it, so it, it kind of becomes weird, right? Like it becomes like a weird moment where you're not sure what's going to happen. Um, and uh, I, yeah, I, I was a little bit nervous, but overall I was like, I feel like this had to eventually have happened, especially because he's like good looking. He's a lawyer. He's in New York. He's got like, a, and you're like, come on, like you have to be like either engaged or have a girlfriend who's going to obviously come in here and, you know, sort of, you know, uh, ruffle some feathers. So. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I got you. I got you. And then Jennifer. I mean, when Nancy walked in, Giselle was wrapped in a 
really small towel on top of Robert in the hallway. So I think she handled it quite well. <laughs> um, <laughs> I would not have handled that so well. Uh, but I think that whole scene really highlighted Giselle's not naivety, but a little bit, but also her, just her innocence. You know, the whole thing, even back to the first song, lips are the only things that touch you know and i was like oh honey, oh, honey. <laughs> oh, honey. Oh, honey. It's, but um, it's, it's not storks my love it's not storks <laughs> apparently in andalasia it is but it just you know she's so excited the water where's the water from and my friends the pigeons you know they brought me a towel and it's just so absurd yeah. and then for this they fall out the door and you you almost if you knew nothing about the movie and you turned it on right then you would know his significant others walking around that corner like it was set, it was just a not a keystone cop but that kind of setup kind of slapstick setup almost yes. and what what can go wrong will go wrong for Robert at this point and to him that's validating why am I being nice and helping this gal when she's just ruining everything. She brought roaches and rats and she cut up my curtains to make a dress, you know. <laughs> she hadn't done that yet because she was still in a towel. But um, yeah, that scene. That, after the argument she did. After, yeah. <laughs> after that, um, I felt bad for Nancy. But I felt bad from her from the point of view of we knew the whole story and we couldn't tell her. She'd have to learn it at some point. And how I felt bad for Robert. How's Robert going to get himself out of this? Because he didn't do anything wrong. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and Giselle was just Giselle. Like, <sighs> didn't even occur to her. It would be weird to be on top of a guy in a towel. It's fine. <laughs> not at all. I thought lips were the only things I was supposed to kiss. Not the entire body. But, yeah. you know, this is New yeah. York. Well, apparently, exactly. I'll No rules here. No, no rules. No rules at all. Um. <laughs> So, you know, uh, he does end up taking Giselle to his law firm. And that's, you know, we already know that he's in the middle of a case that does, uh, that is a divorce case. So they're trying to figure out who's getting what and just be the end of, like, the end of it. So we already know that's happening. But now that she's in there, um, I just want to mention the first time we see the tank, the fish tank, if you listen like very closely to the to the backtrack, it's part of your world. It's Little Mermaid. It's the Little Mermaid. The mermaid is in there with the fish tank with the fish that are getting ingested by the Giselle. Fish and she like has it in her mouth. <laughs> She's got it in her mouth. Like what, girl? Girl, it's not going to be any different from Mandalasia. It's a fish <laughs> in the water. Keep it in the water. Let it stay alive. But anyways, so. I want to call her Jodie Benson, but it's not Jodie Benson. Her, her character is different, and I'm trying to find it, and I'm not finding, I'm not doing a great job. I don't know anyway. if they ever say her name. He may say it, like, once, so. Right, just once. Okay, okay, yeah. Sam. Great. Yeah. So, so Sam is tasked with the mission of figuring out who this Giselle is and where this Andalasia is, and she cannot find anything. So now, like... Obviously, Robert's going to be a little sus about this. Like, okay, well, you just told me that you're from a place that doesn't exist. So are you are you out of your mind? Are you delusional? Are you lying? Like, what's going on? Um, but while, she, while him and Sam are talking, Giselle comes up to the woman. Oh, you have lovely hair. And then strike one, you touch the hair. You never touch a person's hair, period. No. Like, you're a stranger to me. Do not touch anybody's hair. And and I understand that that is something that um, people with that hair texture do have to 
deal mm-hmm. with and are just like they're always saying do not touch hair and i'm like okay right. just don't touch anybody's hair when you think about it you shouldn't go up to a random stranger and touch their hair so there's that but anyways your eyes are lovely um you know like oh the the man in your heart must be a lucky guy and she's like oh you tell him that and there, we, there's that whole situation of like she's breaking down crying like they're 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 not together ever anymore. Like, they're not in love. And she just has a crisis. <laughs> Let's talk about that crisis really quick. Because just watching the expression. And she just did such a great job. Slowly, like, making us look like she's slowly registering. And now she realizes that they're not in love. And love doesn't exist mm-hmm. for these two people anymore. And it's like, how does that even happen? Did we feel like that was an identity crisis or just like like an awareness crisis that she was going through i don't know what the actual word terminology would be in that situation where your entire world and everything you think is not true she's already in this strange place and now it's the literally becoming the antithesis of everything she knew in andalasia in andalasia you had love at first sight you had true love's kiss and people had their happily ever after the day they and <laughs> the day they meet so crazy <laughs> um and here she finds out that that's not always the case um but i don't think that's the part where they talk about <laughs> the main contention of their divorce is the baseball card <laughs> but which is as, which is as absurd as <laughs> falling in love with someone the first day you meet them but um yeah i think it really shook her worldview like of course drinking a fish out of the fish tank and that was fine that was nothing but um (laughs) finding out that people don't want to be together anymore that i think that shook her shook her foundation a little bit and you could see it literally like you said on her face just the growing stages of horror (laughs) as she realized what divorce meant because that's probably not even a word in andalusia yeah so and robert was so gentle about explaining it very much like yeah all right child let me tell you what this is let me sit down take a second jordan how did you feel yeah it was super traumatic for her because you know you like you live in a world where this doesn't exist right and i mean like there's you know there's places in the world that you can't get divorced right otherwise you'd probably get killed right and so but i think for her this was more along the lines of like a like a sort of like a values crisis right like where it's like that doesn't exist because where we where where i exist it's always happy and there's magic and all that stuff right and it happens Mm -hmm. but you know now that she's in the world she's like oh my god she has to like she has to contend with the fact that like this stuff actually you know exists but you know in the long run they end up not getting divorced right because of you know what she told her and like what she told that right and so she kind of makes this like little fairy tale ending happen for them and I feel like you know her realizing this is just like a like a it's like a stepping stone for her like growth within the film right because she has to realize that like you know um it's not all rainbows and butterflies um that there are some hard truths to the world that you know she got thrown into um and it's hard for her to realize that but yeah it was yeah i think it was like a super values crisis and she you know it's like it's almost like the 
no, no, that, no, no, that, that, and then she has to realize that it does exist, right? So, yeah. But the fact that, like, Robert is like a, you know, like a divorce lawyer, like, or, you know, he helps people get divorced, you know, a thing. And he doesn't really truly believe in love at first sight or love, you know, in the sense that Giselle does. And so this is a really good growth point for both of them. Yeah. And there's an interesting thing about that because he doesn't really believe in love because we find out later that it's because his wife left him and his daughter now did i don't remember if she just left left or if she passed away because disney is notorious for doing things like that does anybody remember if if she just abandoned ship or if she didn't have a choice they don't say that either way but it was heavily implied in my opinion by how robert said it that she left because if he, he he would have this is robert he would have been like that's she true. died that's true you yeah. know he wouldn't sugarcoat the band does <laughs> not sugarcoat i guarantee you morgan was two when he was like listen kid there's no santa <laughs> oh my god at two <laughs> at two he, he didn't like... want to you got to set the expectations realistically okay sir that's fair no that's completely fair that's a robert thing right there (laughs) oh my gosh okay that makes sense um but so we have the next scene or another scene because like eventually uh pip tells edward that giselle was thrown into this portal and now we need to go get her because that's what princes do they go and they save people so uh prince edward and pip go through and now they're in new york he's riding a giant bus calling it a dragon and stabbing it (laughs) destroying this woman's bag of birdseed how dare it's another thing about mary poppins but we do also get nathaniel who is as jennifer mentioned before he's played by uh timothy spall Timothy mm-hmm. Spall. I got him right here now. And that is uh, Queen Nerissa's right-hand man. That is the one who is basically obsessed. I'll do whatever you want because I love you kind of thing. I'm obsessed with you. So his job is to make sure that Edward goes home, just gives up, goes home. And Pip is in the way. So we get we get that that triage of a relationship. I think I feel like there was a certain relationship between Nathaniel and Pip alone separate to the relationship that pip and edward had so in this situation like they they end up in a hotel because stupid broke his foot oh no 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 no! he got ran over so okay i'm i'm just everywhere right now backtrack but anyways they're in new york great we know this um so giselle is being dropped off in central park by robert and he gives her money here's some money figure your life out i cannot be doing this right now you are destroying this potential marriage that i want to make happen and so like you know she goes off gives money to to feed the birds so cute but then he's like come on you can't just do this right now (laughs) and what the woman said about oh yeah he tried to kill me he stabbed my seed through a bus like okay we've gotten to that point and like she's technically not lying but to Robert, he this sounds so outrageous. Of course she's lying. She's just a crazy lady feeding birds. Like crazy people feed birds. So, anyways, now they now he. You grabs know how it. many bird feeders I have in my yard? Come on. <laughs> but you said you lived out in like. I do. I live in the nature. middle of the mountains. So yeah. So I would hope that you feed the birds as yeah. well. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, I used to sprinkle seeds at at 
G4 when we had like this little garden area. So I did oh, nice. feed the birds and the squirrels and whatever was living. Okay, anyways. So we're in Central Park and she's like, well, does Nancy know that you love her? Like, do you actually do the things? How does she know? And it breaks off into this song because like the, the street performers catch on to the notes, start playing with her. And now he's like, you guys know that this is a song? Is this real? Like, are we doing this? And boom, we get another musical. That's how you know. And it is so cute. Because uh, the old people, the old folks that, like, kind of do the thing, I started bawling my eyes out when I watched it today. Because I thought that was so sweet. Look at them dancing and being freaking adorable together, like, as couples. Um, and then, you know, we get the weddings. We get the, um, the, uh, the twirly top man that we saw earlier. Uh, we we get so many like a theater performance with children like what is happening there is so much happening how did it become so majestic but I also have never been to Central Park so I when I Same. first saw this movie I thought oh that that must be just how Central Park is but you know like I also lived in Hollywood so I know that what people see about Hollywood is not exactly true. So the the experience, everything that was going on. Did you notice fun things? What did you have a favorite moment? What, what how are you? What what about this mood? The song, like, let's, let's air it out. Jennifer, would you like to start? It's my favorite part of the whole movie, <laughs> and it's because everyone is into it, and Robert's just like, "What the hell is going <laughs> on?" But my favorite part of the scene is when they're at the play and everybody does this. And then Robert's finally like, and he just gives in um, and, and goes with it. No, I think it's a, um, there's a little kiss the girl in there in the, when they're on the, on the little lake thing. Um, but it is, it's, it's like everyone watching a Disney movie who doesn't get musicals, who's like, why is that? Who? Why is everyone singing? My boyfriend yeah. doesn't like musicals, so that would be his reaction. He would be like, yeah. oh, no. <laughs> but he wants to go see Book of Mormon because it's by the South Park guys. Okay. Um, <laughs> hey, whatever, I'll take it. But it's just—I think it's kind of the—it's the encapsulation of Robert realizing maybe he's in the minority with his ideas about love and spontaneity and things that happen and you know he she he gets his, the pigeons or doves they make that beautiful heart or she yes. finds a heart wreath of flowers take it to nancy he's like they're not gonna know they're birds what's happening and she How looks at them not? and nods like you know what to do <laughs> yeah and they're like we got this girl they don't have thumbs but if they did and then they they head off with it and i love that when he gets the call he's like oh my god what so it's just i think we already had Giselle questioning her worldview. Now it's Robert's turn. Like he already thought she was nutty enough. Then he goes to the park and he, everybody's on board with her. Everybody except Nathaniel, but um, you know, he's his own thing. So I just, it's my favorite part. It's just that scene. Whoa. That scene is just pure joy to me. And Giselle, Amy Adams, the way she embodies Giselle, it could have been so much cheesier and when we get to Disenchanted, I think the director, he said the perfect thing. So I, I and it's true of the first one. 
um, Stephanie and I both were actually at the premiere for Disenchanted and the director did a little intro and he said what an honor it was to have Amy Adams back to chew on the scenery in the way only Amy Adams can and that's true of both movies and we'll get to how much extra chewing she does in the second one but um, it is and she does it unironically and just enjoys it and you can tell she was having fun the actress not just the character and I think everyone was. And I, that scene, if I'm sad, I'll just put that on. Oh, I love that. I'm too yeah. scared now. Now that I realize I cry when I watch it, I can't. <laughs> I cry at everything, so. I know. At this point, I might as well just be crying all the time. Jordan, how did you feel about this? How did you yeah, feel about so, this moment? What's so funny is um, uh, Amy Adams was on Graham Norton, and he asked her, he's like, so, you know, does your daughter, like, appreciate that, like, you're, like, this, like, Disney princess? And Amy Adams goes, no, she doesn't give a shit. Like, she didn't say that, but she's like, no, she doesn't care. Like, she thinks it's the funniest shit. She thinks that, you know, she she goes, she makes fun of me for it. She goes, oh, Amy Adams, the actress, and, like, texts me this and all that stuff. And I was like, that is hilarious. That is the relationship I'd want with my parents if I ever had actor parents, right? And, you know, so she's like, she doesn't care. Um, which is hilarious because it's like she's like this pivotal, wonderful, amazing character um, in this film. Yeah, I do have to say like this scene was probably like um, sort of like the epitome of like the this film because um, it it sums up sort of like what her values are, what what she sort of encompasses in this entire film, right? Like. And also it sort of encompasses what like Robert is feeling, right? Like he's like, I, no, I don't believe in this shit. But then towards the end, he's like, oh, well, maybe, maybe I should, right? Like maybe there's a thing, you know? And um, I think this is that turning point where he starts to sort of fall in love with Giselle, um, but does it's not necessarily implied and you can't really tell, but he sort of realizes that like, she is not so much of, of like a pie in the sky like woman she's more of like a you know maybe there's a different way to look at your lifestyle and a different way to look at things and so I really appreciated this song um yeah I just it was almost like when um any of the ensemble like numbers in both of these films are just absolutely amazing right like because you can get like you know um True Love's Kiss you can do you know uh just when she's cleaning up the house uh 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 Merry Little Work Song, I think is what mm -hmm. it's called. Like, you get those, but it's just her, right? Like, and it's just like the background. Song. Happy Working yeah. Song. And then I you get something one. like this, where it's like, you get an entire ensemble of all these people, and it just makes the movie, right? Like, it's the thing that, like, makes you, it may, at least, like, especially with Disenchanted, like, but with this one, like, it made me miss doing musical theater, because this yeah. is what you would do. Like, these ensemble yeah. casts, plus with the, like, the main characters, was just, like, it was just an amazing moment. And so... Yeah. But I do feel like this was a pivotal turning point as it introduced a lot of things um, to come in, 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 into the rest of this film. Oh, absolutely. And I feel like that is the halfway point. And we are really cutting it close. And I, I, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to talk as fast as I can. And we're probably going to just kind of whoosh over the disenchanted. <laughs> but I will do my absolute best once we transfer over. But we're going to... So after... Yes, this was such... This was definitely the highlight, the, the highest point. And then we're going to drop a little bit. And then we're going to come back up at the end because that's Disney loves the W. That's how I'm going to word it. Disney loves the W. They start up high, 
drop you into this weird spot, but we'll bring you up halfway, but then we're going to drop it again and then we come back to a win. So now they have dinner over at um, Bella Note, which is a little, little nod to Lady in the Trap. Super cute, very Italianish thing, a restaurant thing. Um, and we already know that Nathaniel has trapped Pip in the closet very, very dramatically, like a crucifix kind of thing. Poor <laughs> Pip. Poor Pip. Seriously, who's gonna save me? <laughs> um, and you know, he they've been flipping through the channels already, and we we see we see Belle yep. show up in a soap opera, and uh, we get a little nod to um another Disney thing. I forgot what it was called, like Fun and Fancy Free or Footloose and Fancy mind Free. My mouth, make my melody or something with the puppet. Oh, on the ooh. on the television. Mm -hmm. But anyway, so we've got multiple nods. Like the the amount of Easter eggs and trivia fun facts is just we'd have to spend three hours on it alone. But we're yeah. gonna do that. So we're at the restaurant. Great, because Nathaniel is working at the restaurant, trying to like knock people out, like trying to get things taken care of. And then Pip ex escapes. Then Giselle sees Pip. Oh my God, Pip is here. What you're doing here? Pip doesn't speak. In the language because yeah. Pip is a chipmunk now, <laughs> little chipmunk. I love it. Um, and Nathaniel tries to yeet him into the, the pizza thing because everybody thinks like, oh my god, it's a rat. We got to get rid of it. A rat shouldn't be in the restaurant. Um, just letting everybody know, anyone can cook. Anybody can cook. So that being said, so he tries to throw him into the oven, which is witnessed <laughs> by everybody in the restaurant. Pip does escape. But at the same time, my mind is like, why are we celebrating that we've murdered a little creature? Yeah. <laughs> what poor is happening? <laughs> poor Pip. Yes, poor Pip. But she doesn't know that. So, you know, there's this whole, the news come out and interview people about it. Like, Nathaniel's a hero now. Huzzah, huzzah. And Pip is dead. The little rodent. But they interview Giselle. And, and that's when uh, Edward sees her on the magic mirror. Magic mirror, tell me, where is my true love? And she says, oh, this happened right here. So now he's gone off to explore and hunt her down. Now that he's got an address or like cross streets yeah. and spends all night looking for her. <laughs> so in we're, we're, we're building up to the, the giant... A, a, a extravaganza of a ball where i don't i don't remember what they called it but now we're getting to the ball and so you know she doesn't have anything to wear so what does little little child morgan do this is only for emergencies and i think this is an emergency bust out the amex let's go to all the stores like where are you like i think they went to sex or something I don't know, yeah. but it looks like like a fancy Fifth Avenue style <laughs> location yeah. that they've been shopping at. And out of all those things, when she comes out into the ball, it's just this beautiful dress. Very, very simple dress with shiny. She got her hair done. I'm sure she got her mani-pedi with a, with a little Morgan doing a little, little bonding. So obviously Morgan already is just completely enthralled with Giselle oh, because yeah. Giselle's telling stories. She has she loves fairy tales. She loves all these innocent things that children enjoy. Um so they have their little 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 thing. Little okay, whatever. So we're at the ball and all I see is like the cape, the dress, the shoes, I think maybe a couple of jewelry pieces. What were in all those other bags? Did Morgan straight up manipulate Giselle to buying all these really <laughs> expensive things for her and her only? 
and just being like, oh, but you only need this for the, <laughs> you only need this for the ball. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. So that's my immediate thought. I was like, seriously, you went, you had all those bags and this is all you came out with to the ball. Not my problem anyways. One bag for each little thing. Because it's those fancy wait. boutiques. So, you know, everything was wrapped in tissue and placed gently in the bag. But what was in the big bag? Because <laughs> they were like, Dang. not the dress, because that dre- maybe the shoes, because the maybe. dress would have folded up nice and small. Maybe, yeah. It's Who hard knows? to say. Maybe. It's a Disney movie. It's a Disney movie. It's New York. It's fancy <laughs> shopping. Yeah. I don't know what, what fancy people in fancy malls, shopping places do. But, <laughs> excuse me. So then we also. <laughs> Sorry. So then we also have um, Nancy with uh, Robert already dancing. She's gorgeous. She's got the the Marie Antoinette style, like French French style dress and beautiful. Like we know we know where she's going. We know what's happening after this. And yeah. then all handsome fellow, just like a dapper man, and they're doing their thing. But as soon as he sees her, <gasps> Nancy, who? Nancy, what? No, no. I I love. I love Giselle. I mean, Nance. No, Giselle. I love Giselle. And it, like, you know that. Like, you yeah. see this. And it just. So they all do the dancey dance. And then that stupid freaking song. That oh. is absolutely goddamn you, stupid song. And I'm not saying stupid like it's a bad thing. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous. At one point when I heard it, I was like, that's what I want to dance on my first wedding dance thing for. But. You know, time goes on. It's been 15 years. Who knows? But John McLaughlin did such a mm. good job just portraying emotion into mm-hmm. his voice when he sings. And, you know, Alan Menken and, and, and Stephen Schwartz are already phenomenal. If they want a beautiful ballad style song, they're going to make a goddamn beautiful ballad song. Yes. And that's when we realize, <laughs> oh, so, so, so now Robert is singing to, to Giselle while they dance. And, and Nancy sees this and you see her expression of heartbreak. I started crying in this scene as well. Like, I'm such a sap now. So how do we feel knowing that Nancy now caught up with the rest of us? <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I So I, I think there was a um, there was a point in the beginning of the movie or like towards the end where I think it was um, uh you know, when they're, when they're doing the whole thing in the park, in Central Park, and, you know, he asks her, okay, well, like, how can, like, you, like, you don't sing to her, like, you, you sing to her to let her know, like, that you love her, um, and when this whole scene, so this, this song, right, like, talk about feels, talk about tears, talk about all of that shit, this song, when he starts singing to her, I was like, don't don't no 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 no. because if it's anything it's when somebody tells you oh this is how you can get to my heart and the person's like oh that's stupid and then eventually they do it just to be like okay I really care about you and like this is how I'm going to show my affection to you and he does it and you're like it's so out of character for him but he does it because and I was like tears tears It was just flowing. There was Pocahontas going down my tear river, like she's coming up, like it was tears. And so I just think it's such a beautiful moment. Um, and this was definitely one of those, like this was one of those scenes that I remember specifically from this movie, um, mm-hmm. that it was 
you know, it was just, it was so good. Um, yes. Mm-hmm. And speaking of Pocahontas, there is um, the the voice. <clears throat> so what was her name? Judy, Judy Kuhn? Ju- Judy? Yeah, Judy Kuhn. Yeah. Okay, so Judy Kuhn was made a cameo in the movie when mm-hmm. Edward was knocking on all the doors. It's just when, like, you're too late with all the kids. And my brain's like, God damn. <laughs> um, and before we get to you, Jennifer, Cubal did redeem Hydrate. So let's grab our drink and get a sippy sippy. Yum, yum, yum. Mmm, I love punch. Only the Hawaiian punch. Luau punch is the best punch. Okay, I'm so sorry. Jennifer, please. Your turn. <laughs> yeah, this scene, because we've only seen Giselle in her frilly dresses and everything, and then she comes in and she's just sleek and elegant, and and she's carrying herself that way. She's not the cartoonish character anymore. Now she's this stunning woman who's realized after her interesting date with Edward that maybe that's not all it's cracked up to be. And she's Mm -hmm. clearly fallen for Robert and she fell for Morgan too. That was a big part of it for her. Um, And yeah, the look on his face when he sees her and the look on Nancy's face when she sees him see her, (laughs) that was, that was, yeah, it was heartbreaking. But like you said, you kind of knew, you kind of knew that there was something else in store for Nancy even if you didn't know it yet. And bless Edward's heart. God, that man is dumb. Um, (laughs) So Nancy's in charge. Uh I guarantee it. But um, yeah, it is. It's a beautiful scene. And I think part of me when I was watching it, I was like, oh, this is so cool. It's so pretty, but this isn't the end. Something's coming still. So, um, but I, I, it took me a minute. The song is beautiful, but the song felt kind of out of place to me at first. But now it's, it fits it took me a couple of viewings obviously over the 15 years i grew into it so um but it is oh kitty it's a beautiful it's a beautiful song and it's a it is a beautiful moment and it and like what jordan said where you kind of see robert he cracks a little and he he lets his guard down a little and and realizes okay maybe we don't have to get married right now but i really like this gal so it's uh it, yeah it's it's not as a fun of a scene as the Central Park, but it is a pivotal scene and it's very well done. Yeah. You know, now that you mentioned that it seemed out of place when I first watched it, yes, I did feel like it was out of place because why are we playing some Baroque waltzy music and then all of a sudden this sweet ballad? But... And we'd had musical numbers up till then, which is right. a very different style of music. And it was just, it was like a record scratch. You're like, ah, what's happening? Yeah. But it, it, it fits because Giselle made herself almost the fish out of water at that ball because she would have fit in perfectly in her other clothes. Right. Absolutely. But she wanted to be, she tried to appeal to Robert with, you know, a six year old's help. Look at these two trying to go after each other by doing very subtle moves that are so obviously not subtle. Yes. My goodness. But you know, Oh, it's time. Oh, Edward's like, Giselle, it's time. Let's go. Let's go. We can go now. We can go and get married. We'll return to Andalasia, live happily ever after. Let's, let's, let's go. Let's go. But they're stopped. They are stopped by Queen Nar- Narissa. I want to call her a Narcissa because she is. Well, it is. Want to call her Naruto. <laughs> Naruto. <laughs> Naruto. No, no, but she, okay. So they're stopped by Queen, Queen Narissa. And she's tired of this. Like, Nathaniel's turned against her because now he feels his own worth and he's not worthless, basically. Like, the way that she's been treating him. Like, a worthless dog <laughs> that just 
annoying anyways. So he's like, all right, I, I love myself enough to know that, no, I'm not doing this for you. So she gets, she throws a little fit, gets all dramatic. You want a show? I'll give you a show. It turns into, boom, boom, the dragon, Arisa. And it's very Maleficent-y, very Sleeping beauty And now we're finally getting to that point where we think, oh no, like, wait, she, no, she knocked out Giselle and then turned into right. a dragon because Edward wasn't the one that gave her the true love's kiss. It was Robert. And Nancy yes. was even like, just kiss her, Robert. Just gotta get it over with. Like, stop lying. <laughs> like, everybody's literally telling him, stop lying to yourself. Like, let's go yeah. on. Let's move. Let's go on. She wakes up. Huzzah. It's not Edward. You'd think that Narissa would be like, oh, okay, that's fine. Then we can go. Edward, your heart's broken. Let's go back to Andalasia and chill. No, she wants to be petty AF. So then she turns into the dragon and then grabs Robert. Grabs Robert and boom, goes outside the, the, the giant tower that they were in. And Giselle ends up being the one to save her damsel and or the yeah, damsel in distress. Robert's damsel in distress. That's that's exactly yeah. what he is. And that's okay. So this entire scene was just it, it seemed very fast, but not too fast. Like I feel like we mm -hmm. got what we wanted from it. We got mm -hmm. Pip doing the thing with that he did at the very beginning, like taps on his belly, let's go. I know how to take this one down. <laughs> and then what I found interesting was by the time Narissa falls. She's trying to she's trying to use the spells, trying to change back into herself or trying to do something else. She gets she breaks <laughs> and then like she by the time she hits the ground on city level, it's glitter. And I found that absolutely fascinating because she's not a real person in this mm -hmm. universe per se. So the way that people die in fairy tales is gonna be kind of different. Like we've never actually seen a literal murder. In Disney princess movies. Mm -mm. And I had to say that very slowly to remember whether or not we did. <laughs> I don't think we, I don't think we did. Like fairy tale no. wise, I don't think we did. Mm -mm. But just that entire like woman saves the day sort of thing. How are we feeling? Like, was there anything that you noticed? Was there something that you wanted to add on? Were you mad? Oh, no, I liked, I mean, <laughs> Susan Sarandon. I love Susan Sarandon and I loved Narissa. Obviously, I made a Disney bound out of that. So um I did. I I I to steal the director's phrase again, I love someone who can chew on the scenery and do it so well that you're not even mad about it. And yeah. she just she just was like, she gave zero fucks in that role. She was like, I'm going to be a Disney queen. Watch out. Here I come. And even when she's walking across the street, she has those platforms on. I was all, damn. If I ever do the full costume, I'm not wearing those. Um, I'll kill myself. I'll fall right over. <laughs> Just have a pair with you to take pictures yeah. in. And as soon as your exactly. pictures are done, put it in the car. Back to the flats. Yeah. Um, I like Giselle oh saving God. him. And oh I liked God. how I liked she how wants to attack you. Sorry. I, I had to lock my cat out of the room because last time I did one of these, he was biting my toes. He's a monster. And no, I, she, it was she, when we yeah, had she to wants talk to in first person. Oh, no, no. no Look, watch. No, no, sweetie. Um, okay, sorry, go, go ahead. Oh, no, no, that's okay. I liked the, the little role reversal that they did. And I think it's because both Robert and Giselle had a little 180 in how they, how they looked at the world. Um, 
I just loved her little snarky lines. And when he's like, over my dead body or whatever, she's like, that's fine. I'm flexible. You come with me and just snatches him up <laughs> and away she goes. And, and she's kind of narrating it like telling us what we already know. Like, this is what has to happen. It's, it's a fairy tale story. It's inevitable. The dragon, the evil witch is going to come. And she did all three in one scene. She was the hag. She was Nerissa. And then she was um, the dragon. It was kind of a cute dragon too, but um, mm -hmm. so pretty and iridescent, beautiful dragon. But you know, I, I liked it. And the one thing I just thought of when you said the dragon fell that I need to go back and look for, you know, when Gaston falls off the tower and he has the skulls and the pupils of his eyes in oh. Beauty and the Beast to indicate oh, yeah. that he's dying. Yeah. I want to go back and look at that because when I watched this the first few times, what I took from her kind of dissipating before she hit the ground was she's not dead. And so when Disenchanted, I was like, oh, is she coming back? And then she didn't, but that's fine. Oh, spoilers. But um, <laughs> yeah, spoilers. no, I liked, I liked the little role reversal that they did with uh, she, her rescuing him because he already kind of rescued her and got her out of that naive mindset. So it was her turn. And Jordan, before River comes to, to swoop <laughs> you away. She's fine. She's <laughs> occupying herself. She better. Oh, <laughs> But how did you feel about this whole scene, the, the situation, the fight, the ending of Nar Narissa? Yeah, I thought it was like, I thought it was extremely, it was, it was needed because like I said, it, this was like a beginning of sort of like that whole Disney sort of like cliche movie. And this was the beginning of like the antithesis of it, right? Like, and then you get like all these other films that come after it, where it's like, you get these strong female leads that don't, they, they don't need no man, right? Like to like do what they need to do in order for them to have a successful or happily ever after. Um, and I feel like it was, you know, Giselle's turn to take the reins and like to be the person to, you know, like, cause that was, you know, spoiler alert, like that was her stepmother, right? And like, ended up being evil and then, you know, did all that stuff. And so she was like, okay, you know what? Like, no, like this isn't going to happen. You're not going to kill the man that I love. And um, I I actually, I loved it. It was like, it was a, it was an ode to Maleficent, who's my favorite Disney villain. Um, It was an ode to just everything, right? And this mm -hmm. movie, like, I think like Jen says, it makes fun of itself, but also it's not to the point where it's like, campy make fun of yourself mm -hmm. it's not like cheesy it's it's more of like oh yeah that happens oh but this is a really cute way to do it and so um i i really like the way that this movie sort of ended and um the outcomes that sort of happened after um all of this yes and in this sort of outcome what happens is robert obviously is going to stick with giselle giselle and robert giselle robert and morgan and then what i thought was really cute sorry picked up a piece of chicken what i thought was really really cute was when um nancy's just sitting there all super sad everybody left by the way like would you members. stay there's a dragon <laughs> not at all <laughs> <laughs> well the, i mean the, the older women were like oh this is the best this is the best one ever <laughs> this is like it was so cute but nancy's sitting all like super sad because you know she loved robert so she thought like they were gonna live happily ever after and no mm. some fairy tale woman swoops her up swoops him up of his feet <laughs> so you know edward walks up oh why are you sad beautiful lady and i'm just like oh my god you're so sweet stop she's like 
She forgot her shoe. He puts the shoe on. She looks like it's a perfect fit. And they just run off. And I'm like, Nancy, girl, you know better. But I mean, you know, like if a fairy tale person's going to come up and tell you, like, come with me. Do you trust me? She, of course, I would run away too. But so she would go with James Mars. If it's Jibs. Oh, gosh. He's beautiful. He's so Period. He's you so got funny. to see him see him, though. Did. <sighs> And the guys next to us both made their own Prince Edward costumes and they looked amazing. And he saw them and his eyes lit up. He was so excited. And yeah, he was, he was a lot of fun. He was very sweet. Oh, that's super sweet. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, in this, in this time, like, of course she's going to run away with him, jumps in the pothole with him and then gets married to him. And the dress that she wore is so beautiful. Like the cartoon dress that she wears, so beautiful, so cute. Interesting, she didn't, I don't remember her having like her hair all the way up, but then I don't think Gisela had her hair all the way up either. It was like half up, half down kind of thing. Her phone goes off, wow, great reception, and yeets her phone. Like, I mean, I guess if you're queen, if you're gonna be the future queen of Andalasia, you don't need your phone. No. But at the same time, if you have the reception, maybe keep in contact i don't know that's her prerogative that's her thing maybe she doesn't want to be anywhere near the people that broke her heart totally fair and then you know so they kind of like live happily ever after giselle replaces her basically at the job she was at but they like re redo everything now it's andalasia designs for for children and those were the cute little dresses that i got to put on little girls and just you know so that every time the kids came in after enchanted like little princesses could be dressed up and look like princesses and take pictures and stuff and that was super super sweet and i loved it the quality were really good um so the end when when that when the ending happened i was like okay i really want a situation where um now fairy tale people or like real people end up in the fairy tale lands kind of situation so did we all kind of feel the same after we saw enchanted way 15 years before disenchanted ever came out like did were we all kind of on the same page about that of like wanting like a reverse role if there was going to be a sequel yeah i i a lot of I'd spend a lot of time, not a lot, but like I'd watch Enchanted and I'm like, I wish they would get a sequel. Like there's so much they could do. Gosh, yeah. There's what you said. There's, there was just so many different directions they could go. I loved that um, both Nathaniel and Pip were got there. You know, Pip went back to Andalasia, but Nathaniel stayed in, in New York and he got a book deal and he had a couple pretty ladies hanging out with him. Um, you know, Pip was back in Andalasia and he got a book. I think no chipmunks could write books mine the ones in my yard they just eat stuff so um they're not very helpful or literate (laughs) but um yeah it just it was it was a cute ending and i think you know that was good nathaniel made a clean break he didn't need to be in andalasia anymore he was a strong independent man now so sort of but Yeah. yeah no i love i love the ending and i just saw so many potential things they could do just wish they didn't wait 15 years to do it but it's fine <laughs> yeah yeah jordan what did you feel how did you yeah i mean <clears throat> so what's funny i think i i don't know if i told you stuff but i was like i didn't even know they were in the process of making a mm-hmm. sequel until it was actually like announced on tv um and i was like what and i was like my rudolph like what is going what 
And because, because you know, I mean, yeah, they could have definitely, they could have for sure made a sequel of this. Um, but I feel like, uh, uh, you know, the way that okay, let's not let's not forget that it was Carrie Underwood's ever 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 after that mm, was playing yes. throughout this like ending. Right. And oh, I don't man. normally like Carrie Underwood, but this song was absolutely awesome, and I loved it. I thought, you know, to get her to do this song at the end of it was just it was perfect. Um, and I, I loved it. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I definitely was like, oh, it'd be interesting to see like if there was a sequel, like what it would be. Um, but also this movie would have just been totally fine. It's like a standalone, yeah. right? Like it would it would have totally been fine. Like, right, like, like, like almost like along the lines of like Tangled, right? Like where it was like, you have the short that came after Tangled, but like Tangled by itself is a perfectly fine film, right? Like right. It's, it's there, it's done. It was a perfect romance story, and and it was it it was it was done well. And I feel like this movie by itself could have just been been that. Um, so, well, bing bam boom, there we go. And that, my God, that only leaves us with like maybe thirty minutes to talk about Disenchanted. So we're gonna do our absolute best. I'm Stephanie. We are talking about Disenchanted, the 2022 sequel to the 2007 15 year old Enchanted. I am here with Jennifer, who is an amazing cosplayer and was also at the premiere, as I was. We were both yes. at the premiere for Disenchanted. And then Jordan, who is my Disney buddy that, like, we, we met through Disney. We're forever Disney, Aww. even though we, like, <laughs> who is, who out is not Who was not at the premiere? No, who was not at the premiere? Steph, Steph, <laughs> Steph and Jen probably do way much more fun things than I do, so. Oh, I mean, Jen, Jen ultimately had the best experience, I would say, because, yes, I... You had I, a great time. You, you, you got to meet, you got to see all the actors and all yeah. the people that were running on the red carpet. I just saw whoever wasn't running straight for the theater. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know, oh, really quick, because... Uh, we we were at the premiere. We did get to see the movie before it was put out on Disney Plus. Where you were sitting was probably one of the best spots because I think I saw you <laughs> downstairs. I was, I was in the second row, dead center, and for the longest time, I was by myself. I'm all this is so awkward. Oh like, my god, no! <laughs> you sat behind the dresses. Did you sit behind oh, the dresses? I, he, the dresses, the the gal in the giant dress. Yeah, there were two. Yeah. I know them. I know them. And when I saw her, I was like, honey, how are you going to sit down? She had like the full on Cinderella dress with the yes. hoop skirts. And it was just like Giselle trying to get through the apartment door. Because that's what I said. I said that's what it's going to look like. And she sits down and it's just poof. Oh, my God. I love that so much. Yeah, it was it was adorable. Yeah. Yeah, but... that's Lisa. That's Lisa. And then um, Lucy was the Little Mermaid bride. Version. Oh, so you literally oh. knew the two women. The oh, two I do know them. Yeah, with the giant dresses. I was watching them from uh, because I was up in the balcony, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, the balcony area, and I saw giant dresses, giant gowns yeah. coming by up to the front. And I was like, "Thank God they're up in the front." And I, mm -hmm. I, as she's like kind of trying to center herself before she sits. Yeah, she was centering herself, and the skirt itself took covered two other seats, so there were three right. seats, but she had to like fold everything. <laughs> I told her fiance, I'm like, you don't get to sit down. You have to sit on the floor. You don't get a chair. <laughs> that is so good. <laughs> you um, have to float. You have to float yeah. above everything. Yeah. He's, six, he's like 6'3". Six, we needed him on the floor oh so my we God. could see. <laughs> and like when the director was like shouting out all the cast and the people that were there. Yeah. Like you, you kind of cut you. Were you able to see them in the back area? Yeah. So they do them all a little differently um, between Marvel, Lucasfilm and Disney. Um 
with Marvel, we're all seated and the lights are down when they bring the cast in. They don't really call out the cast like that. This was a little different that they did that. And because I think a lot of times people don't realize they're just sitting in with us when we're watching stuff. Um, and we all are very well behaved, but we're also like a vetted group, the 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 cosplayers that are there. So um, I think they have a level of comfort with us where it's safe to do that. Because in just like a random audience, that would that wouldn't really work out so well. But it is it is cool to watch something with the people and even more than the actors like the people who work their asses off making it like the behind the scenes folks i mean obviously the actors work their their asses off too but um you know it's really fun when the credits are rolling and like the the lighting section comes up or the the vx the fv vfx and random pockets of the theater just start cheering you know because you know that's them and they're they're seeing their names on the screen and how cool would that be right so so it's it's pretty awesome um and it just it kind of gives it gives you a different appreciation for what goes into it and those aren't just names on a screen those are people sitting behind me eating popcorn um and it's yeah. cool because i got to tell oscar nunez that i think his performance in the proposal was the pinnacle of all comedy so um <laughs> Because he was behind me when we were walking yes. out. Oh, I love that. Oh, yeah. Yes. And so he was it was so fun. cute. Oh my the red gosh. carpet. He had sparkle and glitter all oh, yeah. over his face. He looked like a fairy just sneezed on him <laughs> in a did. very loving he way. Did. It was yes. so so cute. Yeah. Um, did you get to see the costumes up close? Because by the time we got, we were like rushed in, so oh, no. we get up to where the costumes were up front. I did. I mean, like, you know how they were kind of fenced off a little yeah. bit. It was it was really hard to really get a good look at them. Mm, and yeah. I didn't clean my glasses, so everything was kind of, like, filtered, if you know what I mean. Uh, as I'm doing right now, everybody's filtered. You guys look stunning. I mean, a little more stunning than oh, great. I, you Thank usually you. look stunning because now it looks oh. like you're glossed over in, like, a soap opera filter. And that's, it's a soft filter. That. It's a soft love, filter. Yeah, that's, right. Like... So now you want me to just see you every time without my glasses. Got it. Oh. Noted. <laughs> all of the blemishes are gone yeah yeah no fine lines no yeah. <laughs> otherwise i'm gonna be sitting in the bathroom to doing like taking two hours doing my makeup and i don't have time for that anyway so right. we're gonna no we're gonna talk about <laughs> we're gonna talk about disenchanted um disenchanted is the sequel 15 years after her happily ever after giselle questions her happiness um inadvertently turning the lives of those around her in the real world and andalasia upside down so you know 15 years like Morgan is now a teenager. It's a little hard for her to, it's it's harder for Giselle to accommodate to a teenager because you know there's hormones, there's angst, there's there there is some situations, and now there's a baby. Great, now I'm confined into a tiny little space, and everybody's confined, and now nobody's happy. So she's like, okay, well this looks like this looks like Andalasia. Let's pack up our stuff and move. We're gonna move to suburbia, as as Pip worded it. It was so cute. Him and his little chippies were adorable. Oh, I know. Little chippies, and they did a little puppy, and then the little firefly looked like the princess and the frog. Yeah. Firefly. Ray. 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 So that was super cute. So starting off, you know, usually as usual, we have all the Easter eggs. We got more Easter eggs coming through. Um. So like we'll we'll i'm gonna do my absolute best so um, uh giselle is like let's move so they're gonna move and they're now in monrovia which is a suburban area that is like 
kind of run by a Malvina. Um, and then uh, Morgan sees her room that they've been working really hard on. And it's like <clears throat> the only room that's worked like functional and good. Functional. It's beautiful. She's like, oh my God. I love it. Thank you, mom. And I'm like, oh, she's not a stepmom. She's a mom. <laughs> and and then, you know, she turns, flips the switch. Just kidding. I don't love you anymore kind of situation as teenagers are. And she's like, oh, okay, so we moved to a house for me to just sleep in the same room as you guys again. Like, why did you make me move? And I've been in that situation. It's like, why did we move? Why did we do this? Like, I was yeah. com completely content with where I was. And now I've been relocated. My life has literally been turned upside down. So I feel for her. Yeah. How are you guys feeling at this point? Because she's already been embarrassed by, by Giselle with the cupcake situation. And like, we're, okay, we'll get to that point. So like, because Giselle thinks, oh, this is how we're going to help Morgan make friends. When all it does is just embarrass her and embarrass her and embarrass her. Everything that Giselle does embarrasses her teenage stepdaughter. So how are we, what are we, what are we thinking? How are we feeling at this point? I'm really glad I never had stepkids. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> my own were, they were grateful, but I never embarrassed them like that. At least I don't think I did. Um, I never did it like that intentionally. Not that Giselle was intentional. So I think it was 15 years till they made the movie, but, I think they say it's 10 years because Morgan's only 16. So, because um, otherwise she'd be 20 something. Oh my God, you're right. Mm. Yeah. <gasps> ooh, IMDb. Because so, it says 15 yeah. years after her happiness on IMDb. Yeah. I'm like, ooh, you messed up with your math. They sure did. <laughs> yeah. So it's 10 years later and um, Morgan is a teenager. Teenagers are tough. Um, I did it twice and they were only 20 months apart. So, so I did sorry. it concurrently. Um, <laughs> I think Giselle, the more pushback she got from Morgan, the harder she tried, which to her was the right solution. But with teenagers, that's not the right answer. You kind of just have to back away mm -hmm. and make sure they're eating and they're warm <laughs> and they go to school. Um, well, and when you said she flipped the switch, it literally set her room on fire. So, you know, you really got to get that wiring, the old paper wiring from the 20s. That's not good. Got to get that fixed. Um, I think Giselle kind of, now let's face it, their apartment in New York was bigger than the house I have now. So I'm really not sure how they were cramped, but whatever, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, I will say this for all of the teen angst, I did like how they didn't make Morgan resentful of Sophia the baby. Like she was very gentle with her, very sweet with her. So it kind of let you see that, yeah, Morgan's a little prickly with Giselle, but it's just typical teenager stuff. It's not, she's a total jerk because she's still really sweet with the baby. And she's not that bad to Giselle. She's just kind of like, oh God, mom, stop, <laughs> you know, and we've all been there. So, yeah. Yeah. And Jordan. Yeah. So I'm not going to lie. Morgan was pissing me off in the beginning of the film because I was just like, <laughs> girl get over it like you're being given a roof over your head you're being fed like and I get it we all been there been there done that and I do feel like this was sort of the intro like this sort of um like I don't want to oh, how do I put it 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 introduced how the film was going to play out in this in this very first part of the film where the reason why I gave it a three and a half out of five was because I thought it was a little bit too cheesy. 
Mm-hmm. Like it was like Enchanted was cheesy enough where I was like, it's not that bad, right? Like you, it's it's digestible. Mm-hmm. This one already in like the first twenty minutes, I was like, I don't know if I'm gonna like this movie. I was like, I don't know if I'm gonna like this movie or stick with it. And then the fact that you introduced like teen angst into it, I was like, oh Jesus Christ! And then she was just pissing me off like the whole time, which is why I don't know if I'm gonna have kids, right? Like it, it just like it, it it pissed me off to the point where I was just like, she's and and to be fair, Giselle is like she's Andalusian. She doesn't know how to human. She doesn't know how to earth kids, right? Like she doesn't know how they are, like what happens. And Morgan is somebody from this right this universe that mm. that that is very different right like hasn't been given the same opportunities that maybe an andalusian teenager has right mm-hmm. and so giselle's doing everything that she can do right in the best of her knowledge as like a mother from a fairy tale story can to provide and give um even though i mean she's you know her her stepdaughter like right so but you know she's like no you're my daughter like i'm trying like i'm trying I'm trying to do things you know and Honestly, I feel like the baby was an afterthought in this film. I feel like it was just a plot mover, yeah. like or like like just like 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 there. Like literally, if the baby wasn't there, it wouldn't have mattered, right? Like I right. just feel like that was what it was. Um, and so I feel like in the beginning, it sort of set the tone for the entire film. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. Honestly, they could have put like a talking crab, and it would have probably ended up exactly the same. Perfect. But anyway, Perfect. so now that they're introduced into this new place. The place isn't finished, you know, uh, but we are introduced to Malvina, uh, 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 Rosaline, Ruby, um, what's his name? Um, Malvina's son? Tyler? Yes. Yes. Tyler. Okay. Yes. (laughs) And so we're introduced to these new characters because we're now in a new land. And this is, I mean, look at this freaking house. It's adorable. I know. But anyways, so... Tyler is the, you know, is the big jock number one dude at the school and all this fun stuff. And, you know, like, obviously he's going to be nice. Like, his mom is kind of like the mayor of the town. Doesn't, nobody says it, but we all know it kind of thing. So he has to be like, like, sometimes you, you wonder, like, are you being nice because of your reputation and who your parents are? Or are you being nice because you're genuine? And at this point, mm-hmm. we don't know this. We don't know. All we know is Malvina's a little shady. She's wearing the sus colors. She's got her sus sidekicks. We we know this is supposed to look the like bangs. the evil queen and then the evil stepsisters. Exactly. The bangs. <laughs> like, you look sus to me. So, you know, like... She's kind of like mentioned, oh, I'm kind of like the queen here. And Giselle's like, oh, well, it's always nice to, to it's an, it's doubly honorable for you to, to be meeting the queen. Like, I think every town should have a queen sort of situation. And I feel like that's setting up for what we're going to encounter because um, Edward and Nancy pop back up because they got a magic well. And now we got a new portal. We got a new portal. So I feel like anywhere they go, there's going to be a portal. Um, but in this case, it's the magic, it's the wishing well, you know? Um, and then they bestow the baby with the Andalasian wand, <laughs> with the Andalasian magic, the magic of Andalasia. And there's another song. So we've already, I didn't even talk about the the, the, the other other song. So that just shows you like uh, Jennifer and I were mentioning right before we went live again was it's not that this movie was forgettable but it just didn't seem as impactful as the previous one. Mm. 
And I feel like, you know, we have a lot of nostalgia. We experienced very, very certain specific things in our personal lives back in 2007 that now in 2022, we're, you know, our personalities may have changed. Our perspective on life has changed. And and mm -hmm. so unfortunately, like totally forgot that there was that other song that, that she sang. And I'm not going to disregard her. She's a phenomenal singer. Like she yes. did such a beautiful job, but it just didn't seem enough. You know, if, if you get what I mean, like it, it didn't seem as magical as the first time. Right. So, you know, like they introduced the 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 magic of Andalasia and the the fair, the 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 whole situation and says only the daughter of Andalasia can or or the son, the son or daughter, boy or girl or whichever, the a child of Andalasia can do the magic and you see morgan in the corner just completely heartbroken because this says this has nothing to do with her she feels completely isolated in this situ situation because now she's in a fairy tale mm -hmm. land with fairy tale people talking about magic for only the magical people and she's not she doesn't feel like a magical person because she's right. a stepdaughter so that broke my heart Mm -hmm. But, you know, like with how everything went, she runs away because she was humiliated and wanted to go back home to where she's more herself. She feels more grounded. But, you know, nobody knew what happened to her. And so they get in the 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 Robert and Giselle and Morgan get in this whole argument. She's not my mother. She's my stepmother. And that's like the fairy tale way of saying, go fuck yourself. <laughs> I feel like that's the fairy tale way of saying like get the fuck out of here i don't love you and it just breaks giselle and she does this whole fairy tale life music thing and makes the wish i want a fairy tale life i want to have that fairy tale life and they wake up and it's a completely different reality so now we're at that point i'm just I'm doing my best to like speed through the story because i'm like <laughs> we do need to get some sleep you had a crazy night at the willow premiere like everybody needs some rest I'm the only unemployed person here. <laughs> so so now we have like this whole new magical world or universe and now Morgan's all singing and she looks very Cinderella-y and that mm -hmm. happened in the previous one anyway. And we have all the dancing appliances and the singing appliances. Huh. <laughs> it's very Beauty and the Beast. Like oh, we're, yeah. we're getting a taste of everything that is fairy tale again. But now it's not a cartoon, it's real life, as we kind of did in the first Enchanted movie. Mm -hmm. So how are we feeling about the situation? How did you feel when they just woke up and it magically happened this way? Well, if this isn't the definition of be careful what you wish for, Giselle, I yeah. don't know what is. Because <laughs> even Morgan says in the first movie... <laughs> When he says he's going to marry Nancy, she's like, oh, she'll be my stepmother. Like, and so it was obviously Giselle got her out of that mindset when she was little. But when you're a teenager, let me tell you what teenagers like to do, whether they mean it or not, they like to say shit that needles you and gets under your skin. They love to do that. Uh, mine are in their 20s now. So, you know, I don't have to deal with that so much. They're pretty chill now. But whew, there was some years. No, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> But they still weren't as awful as Morgan. No. Um, <laughs> when they wake up in this fairy tale, I like the frog trash can. I don't know why I'm obsessed <laughs> with that, but I just was so cute. Um, and then God bless Robert, sir. We got to he hear. thinks he's like a knight of the whole of the round table off to find <laughs> the Holy Grail. I'm like, 
calm I down, mean, sir. Edward yeah. did kind of basically <clears throat> say, like, oh, you're going to need yeah. this. Like, you don't yeah. just have a sword, you know? So I feel well, like his... Edward's not smart. <laughs> so <laughs> we, know, we know Andalasia was fine with Nancy there. <laughs> right, <say> right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Continue, please. <laughs> oh, no, it's okay. Yeah, I just, the I was like, this is cute, but we already knew. Even if you didn't see a trailer, you knew this wasn't going to go well. Because what is a hallmark of a fairy tale story? A wicked stepmother. So, yeah, there was um kind of back to to Jordan's point about how um it was cheesier. It was also very heavy handed. It was like instead of like here's a little trope and haha we're making fun of ourselves, it was like here <laughs> wicked stepmother here snotty teenager so like a slap of baloney to like a giant steak being slapped in your face <laughs> yes. yeah, it, was, it was like whoo okay um we get it guys but yeah that i i i was like okay i know where it's going but let's see how they get us there yeah yeah agreed jordan yeah i you know so to two so the thing so okay sorry like, <laughs> this is so much of this film there's um, so much the two, i know the two songs that really made this whole movie for me was when morgan sang her own individual song it was very stereotypical like princess like i don't know who i am but here's who i am and i am who i am and then one of my favorite parts was when they alluded to um, the Little Mermaid part when you were singing Part of Your World and the splash comes on and Morgan's sitting on the cart and then the water and I was like, ah, yes. Oh, perfect. The song is called Perfect. Yeah. Yes. yes. Yeah. And I fell out laughing at that part and I yeah. thought it was just the cutest thing. Um, uh, you know, I will say for me, this was probably one of the more, uh, I, I thought it was brilliant to put, to, to pit the magical evil queen against the evil stepmother who doesn't have magic but actually now ended up having magic right like at the end and it was i thought that was brilliant in a sense um and I, you know uh, the fact that giselle turned into this like evil stepmother because this you know every fairy tale needs to have one of these evil stepmothers right and you didn't really see how cruel she was until, you know, at the very end when she's like, oh, you're not going. Like, you're not going to the ball. What are you talking about? Um, and then the other song that really made it, which we haven't really, you know, we're getting close to the end, but um, was Idina Menzel when she started singing about the memory tree yes. that I was, I started, I started crying during that. Yeah. I thought it was just beautiful. And it was that song where in the beginning I was like, you're not Elsa, you're not Elsa, you're not Elsa. And then she started singing in a way that wasn't Elsa. And I was like, perfect. I was like, perfect. Like you are, um, you're this character. This is exactly who you need to be. And it just ended up being a really beautiful song in the end. Um, and, and it was just, it was absolutely amazing. So, um, but yeah, I like, I think what made it, 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 it was a little too campy and cheesy for me. Like, as a whole mm -hmm. but it did have its moments where i was just like cool like like the whole evil you know evil magical queen against you know the evil queen against a stepmother was perfect yeah. right like i was just thinking of like um regina in once upon a time versus like lady yeah. tremaine like that yes. would have been the perfect like the perfect thing if lady tremaine had you know magic so it, I, I thought that was brilliant yeah no and you bring up a really good point because i feel like the um monrovian 
Mon Monralasia. Monralasia. Okay, so Malvina of yes. Monralasia. So Malvina seemed more like the Regina from Once Upon a Time, and yeah. uh, Giselle seemed more like Lady Tremaine. So that was that was an interesting. When you mentioned yeah. that, I was like, oh my god, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so yeah. so you know, like when when she's like, oh, let's go to the let's go to the village and go to the market, whatever, and they they see uh how everybody else has turned magical mm-hmm. um this is where i want i wanted to talk to you jordan about it because there's that point where she's like oh we're doing still doing a ball like what are we what are we getting ready for and there was that girl saying um ma'am we we got a ball happening that was morgan <laughs> from the 2007 right. enchanted so she did make a cameo but it yeah. wasn't oh. she didn't reprise her role as morgan yeah but that that was the that was the cameo right there when she was like we got a ball you know so okay so anyways so yeah th- there's this whole thing of like they want to go to the ball and now um giselle's turning more and more evil because as every hour goes by she becomes more and more into a villain oh. and now you can't have two villains in the same village you know so that yeah. cute little song that her and maya do together <sighs> so I I felt I felt it like I think that was probably my favorite song mm-hmm. in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like that was my favorite song because it was like a a villain tango. It had that style, you know. It gave me a little bit of that Chicago like um, jail tango or whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm so horrible with that. But anyway, uh, so it, you know, like jail jail block tango. Yeah. Yes. That cell, block cell block tango. tango. Cell block. There we go. We we did it. Yeah. <laughs> um. So you know, like now that she's realizing it, oh no, I'm turning into a bad person. The little um scroll. Okay, literally, it's Alan Tudyk. He's the yes. scroll, and he's like, oh yeah, no, you just gotta wish it back. You just gotta grab that thing, and you gotta revert, make that wish, be like, oh, I wish for everything to go back to the way it was before I made that wish. That would have solved the problem. But because she was so, like, in between two different people, she had to use Morgan, who was slowly realizing, like, what, stepmother, why are you so mean? And every time she said stepmother, I felt like Giselle became more of a stepmother, like that that typical villain stepmother sort of situation. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I need you to save us. You're the one who can save us. And, like, no answers, no nothing. Just, like, you got to go to Andalasia and you can save us. And shoves her into the wall. <laughs> And then we get to see Morgan as a fairy tale character, like in that cartoon manner. And I thought that was absolutely precious. She was like, why am I so pointy and my eyebrows are so perfect? And I was like, yes, compliment these features that we all love (laughs) about the Disney characters that are animated, you know. And so this is when Nancy shows her the memory tree and explains the whole thing about memories hold magic because they're so full of like emotions and feelings and love is really the ultimate power and that's when that love power song comes Mm. out and it was really hard to differentiate nancy from elsa because it is still idina menzel it gave me more of a wicked feel than yeah the the frozen feel thankfully um i i still think it was a weird song placed in a weird point but i understand why it happened this is why my ratings as low as it is like there were just moments of like did was this was this specific thing very necessary for this scene or could we have thrown it somewhere else or like you know things like that so now that we know nancy's like i'm gonna go with you you know what to do we're gonna go and she's like edward 
And when he's like, somebody, you go, like somebody needs to stay here. I was just like, oh my God, yeah. he's letting the woman handle the business. That's so good. <laughs> <laughs> but I've never, like, that was the most, like, human we've ever seen. I feel like I've ever seen Edward at all in any of mm -hmm. the bits, even when he's back in real life. He's still goofy, but he seems more calm after all these years. So I feel like Nancy did kind of like, like, that's cute, but let's kind of, you know, time and place, baby. Time and place, honey. <laughs> and I see Jennifer, you're laughing. How do you, do, like, how are you feeling about this whole, like, love situation and everything that's been going on so far? Nancy is so smart. And Edward, as I've established, is so dumb. But he's, his heart is in the right place. And I think she balanced out. Not that she didn't have heart or feelings, but they balance each other out really well and they learn from each other. And also that dress she had with the pants under it. I want that so bad. I love um, but leading up to that, I have to say Amy Adams fighting the stepmother versus Giselle inside of her. She did a little over the top but it kind of needed to be <laughs> she did such a good job with that that couldn't have been easy um and she the voice the face like just snap of fingers and she was one then she was the other i'm like oh okay um so yeah the memory tree song that whole memory tree thing that that got me that made me cry uh, again that doesn't take too, much but... but it did make me cry um <laughs> and i agree it, it was more wicked then frozen but steven schwartz so that makes sense yeah. um i think he wrote I'm pretty sure he wrote wicked or the music for wicked i, I think he did yeah um i'm hunting you yeah down, it, Steven. i think that's i think that that you might have like put the finger on what i couldn't verbalize about why this movie got a low score for me or a lower score mm -hmm. did it feel like stuff was missing like you're all of a sudden at this scene and you're like I feel like there was something that could have set this up a little better. So mm -hmm. I, it felt kind of rushed. Yeah. Yeah. To me. yeah. And they were like, okay, we got to hit this point and we got to hit this point. And they would rush between them. And I would have loved a whole movie of Giselle and Malvina just singing at each other in that beautiful blue peacock dress. Dear oh, Lord. Goodness. I wanted yeah. all the dresses from this movie. I wish I could sew better because the costumes were so great. Absolutely. Costumes, I, they were way. I feel like they were way better than in the first oh. one. The costuming and just the general like splendor, right? Like yes. especially at the ball and like even at their houses. Like I just feel like it, this was just like it was over. It's over. Like this didn't. This wasn't like this made the rating go up. It, it was just. Right. It was absolutely phenomenal with the just the visuals in general. Absolutely. It was a visual delight. Yeah. This. I could watch it on mute and be happy because it's just such a beast. <laughs> and, and her song, Perfect, um, Morgan's, yeah. she hits all of the princess points too. She yep. walks through Perfect. Sleeping Beauty's walk through the forest. She does the little tilting cart like Belle. And, and who does this that wraps themselves? It's one of them. That might be Cinderella when she's making her prince in the forest or uh, Sleeping Beauty. She does two Sleeping Beauties. So she yeah, does. It was... she, she has like a black wrap. Yeah, yeah. 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 I was like, I know all these. And but the Little Mermaid one, yeah. Laugh oh. out loud because it was so. Oh, perfect. that was. I was like, oh, and then, oh, there. Yeah. yeah. I was like, <laughs> I feel this movie is the details and the pieces, but it's not the sum of its parts. It's. Yeah. 
looking at it as a whole, it's like, Ooh. but if you look at the things they, they tried to give us and that they did bring to it, that's, I think what made the magic for me. And, you know, we haven't gotten there yet, but that ending, Ooh. that ending. Oh my God. Okay. So oh, we can talk about this later, but I, I went into, I, I told you I'm hunting for you, Stephen Schwartz, and I, I found him. So Hunchback of Notre Dame, Prince of Egypt, Joseph King of Dreams, Enchanted, Wicked in Concert. Yes. On the nail. Like this explains so much. It explains so much. Yeah. But um, anyways, I love when Giselle was like, oh, I'm turning more wicked. He's like, you don't look wicked. She's like, when she made the pose, I was like, oh my god. And when he turned and into then a he turns into, cat. I was just going to say, he turns into, like, Lucifer, but, like, looking like a chipmunk. Yes. <laughs> so, Jordan, how did you feel about this? And then we'll touch into the ed- the the ending. Oh, gosh, this was the quickest we've ever done one, I feel like. Yeah, you're like, ah. Um, no, I, like, I thought, I thought it was, you know, I, I thought it was great. I loved the fact that he turned into, like, a big, fat, evil cat. Um, I thought that was really smart. Um, but yeah, I think, I, th- I think, you know, I think Jen is right. I think it was, like, it was a lot of moving parts that didn't really add up um, for me. And I think one of the other things, oh, I just had it on the tip of my tongue, and now I can't remember it. Um, it, it, it wasn't necessarily it might have been the story it wasn't necessarily the story that like because I feel like it was you know it was very well sort of like done in a way where it was it, it was it was done fine um but it, like there was just something there was something missing and I can't I don't know what it is and and I feel like um when I was watching this it was almost like there was it was either it was either too much or too little like it was never an in-between where we all got that like rest like Enchanted did, right? Where it was like, oh, like this is palatable for a little bit. Like this one, I was just like, you either got to eat all of it or you got to eat none of it, right? And then just be happy that way. And so I feel like, um, God, so I'm trying to remember, I'm trying to remember what what I was going to say. And I don't know if I'd do the story or whatever, but yeah, it it, it was just things didn't add up for me and it was like it ended and it was fine and um oh that's what it was uh I had read somewhere on um I think it was I don't know if it was on TikTok or if it was somewhere but basically like it's the whole like wish complex in these movies that are recently happening so it's like how wishes just automatically like like move uh production companies and movie companies they're they're using this thing where somebody makes a wish and then it goes completely wrong where we have to get away from that, right? Like we have like Wonder Woman that did that in the one, 1988, I think, or 19, uh, 18. 1984. Yeah. Four. Four. Where, yeah. where it was like, that was the premise of the entire movie, right? And it's just like, there's like, we need to get away from that. And and I feel like this movie just fed into it more, right? right? Where it was like, it's a wish gone bad and now it's up to somebody to reverse it or somehow like not you know where like wishing is not essentially bad in itself but when you put it in this way it's like it's almost kind of teaching people to not wish for things that you really want and you know and and settle for things that you probably that probably won't make you happy 
Um, and I'm not saying they, I'm not saying they did settle at all. Cause I feel like in the end it was fine and it worked out, but somebody had to come in and fix it. Right. Like they had to come in and fix this entire thing. And I think for me, like it loses more of like, and then Giselle sort of turning into the stepmother, it loses that, like, she was a strong independent woman who did certain things in the first one. Mm-hmm. And now she's just having to give into this. Yeah. And depend on somebody else to sort of save her um, in that. So that's, I think, why I kind of rated it a little bit lower. Right. And honestly, like, as much as we wanted to, like, dig further in, I, I to sum everything up, like, it, it just wasn't enough. I felt like this movie could have been a little longer with a little more scenes that would explain things a little better. But at the same time, it risks ruining certain parts. Who knows? Yeah. We'll never know. We'll never know. Um, but, you know, so there is still that ball and Giselle did everything she could, you know, and that's when she shoves her in. Save us because, you know, like the other half of me wants you like to be completely miserable for the rest of your life. So while she's doing that, there we there is a ball in uh, Mand- Monrovia, 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 the town. The ta- yeah, there you go. Thank you, Monrovia. Yeah, <laughs> that place. The, so that place, the, the setting of the town, you know, and it's super cute. It gives me solid Once Upon a Time vibes, and it's the whole "Be careful what you, all magic comes with a price." Be careful what you wish for, kind of thing. Um, I do want to note that. Um, Tony, the son, his, his, his outfit gave me Prince Eric vibes. Like it looked like Prince Eric and I loved that. So, you know, it seems like he's super gung ho. Like this does, this seems way off. So for a fairy tale person to notice something's wrong, uh oh, that's a problem. Um, so, you know, like Morgan comes back, he's trying to figure out what's going on. The dad comes through and now there's this whole showdown with the 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 queen and the evil stepmother kind of situation. And that's when, you know, you realize, like, wow, it really it escalated to, like, a really bad point where uh, this queen wants to forever remain the way this fairy tale is. Because it's like, oh, I love this. I am I am feared. I am I am like immortal, omnipotent, you know, like she feels the ultimate power and Giselle being the evil stepmother wants to like be the new queen and all this stuff so you know long story short true love prevails magic spell breaking we need to break more spells like it was the last like 15 minutes was just like we need to break this spell and this spell and this one and this one and this one and this whole time when um morgan is put in that trance of like you know where she's like knocked out and like tightened up in my brain, I'm like, well, why didn't the boy try to give it a go and, like, kiss her and see if maybe this this is love and love will break all the spells and just be done with it? No. No, we can't do that. That is too simple. We already did it. And in my brain, I'm like, but that's the point. <laughs> You're either right. going to th- pull some things from the previous or just completely go the opposite direction, which they did. But at the end of the day, you know, Morgan is a daughter of Andalasia because she's Giselle's daughter and I cried my ass off because of this moment so you know she makes that wish I just want to be back home with my mother and it was so cute because it ended up being like back to normal and everybody's all happy and stuff and it just oh god I feel like I'm missing so much but we're already out of time 
Is there anything that you wanted to add on? Like, as much as I really enjoyed this movie, well, I gave it low ratings right here, but as much as I had issues with it, there were so many other aspects of it that I really, really enjoyed, and I wanted to give it a four, but it just didn't seem right to me. So, last last final says, final telltales, confessions, Jennifer? <laughs> it could have been a Disney Plus series, and we could have fleshed it out a little more. Just Thank saying. You. Thank you. I, I think that might have filled in some of the it. gaps. And it would have helped the pacing. Um, I've said that about a few a few <laughs> things the last few years. I think maybe Disney Plus has spoiled me. I don't know. I said that about Eternals. Should have been a Disney Plus series. Um, but I agree. It's like I said, it's there's so many little things I could cherry pick from it that I loved, but I didn't love it as a movie. I enjoyed it and I was entertained and I went in with zero expectations, which is important. Because then you can't be disappointed. And I wasn't. And it was a wonderful night. And then I watched it again the next day. And it was, or two days later, it was wonderful. But it wasn't the first one. Mm. But I think that's okay. Because yeah. it still has enough to fill your heart and make you cry and make you laugh. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's perfectly said. Jordan? Yeah, I, you know, I like, like, Jen, I was totally entertained by it. I was enthralled in it it made me miss musical theater so much um it got me in my feels um and i was like i need to go join a community theater after this um because i really i just i loved it um but yeah it was just like for me just doing review like you know small-minded me doing reviews like this it just it, it missed something it didn't necessarily like give me it wasn't giving like Enchanted did. And um, I wasn't expecting it to. Again, I went in it. I went in knowing about it maybe like a couple days earlier because I just found out that they were doing a sequel. And I was like, oh, cool. I love Enchanted. Let me watch this. But I didn't go in with the same expectations. I never do because, you know, you, it's a sequel. You don't, you know, it's, you know, go and do that. Um, and I wasn't necessarily disappointed, but I also wasn't like wowed. I wasn't like, oh, this is a really good film, right? And, you know, my mom sort of was like watching it in and out with me and she was just like, that looks weird. And I was like, yeah, I mean, I could see that if you kind of just jump in and out, like it just looks kind of odd. But um, overall, it was, it's definitely worth a watch, but it's it's definitely not something, you know, you can watch Enchanted and be fine. Yeah. I, I, I agree. I, I completely agree. And, you know, with that being said, it is 10 o'clock. It is past the time that I told Jennifer we were going to go for it. And I re I'm so, so sorry. Like, it's okay. people need their rest. It, you know, it is it is time. This is, on that note, this is all the time that we literally have left <laughs> to talk about Enchanted and Disenchanted. I feel like we, we still didn't cover enough on either of them. And it drives me nuts. And these shows are just... I, I want to start earlier and then end later. <laughs> but, um, I need I, more caffeine for that. Right? There's not enough caffeine in the world. Give me caffeine, orange juice, and an IV drip, and then maybe, maybe <laughs> it'll work. But um, thank you so much for anybody who was tuning in, for um, our regular cues still here, and anybody that was tuning in throughout the entire show. Thank you so much. Um, we We are always very, very happy to have all the fun with not only each other, but with you as well, the viewers and the listeners. So um, before we wrap up, I do want to ask, where can people find you? So let's start with Jordan. Where can people find you? 
Yeah, I'm on Instagram, City of Stars 13. Um, I think that's it for now. Yeah, so you can friend me, make sure you're not like a weird Russian bot that always tries to like and friend me on Instagram. So, <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a thing. It's a thing. Yeah, <laughs> oh, it is. Oh, no, that's that's fair. Yeah. Welcome yeah. to social media and being a fancy person on a show. <laughs> and Jennifer, where can people find you? I am at do underscore as underscore Peggy says on Instagram. And this weekend you can find me with my cosplay group at LA Comic Con at booth 350 in the cosplay and fan table area. And we have two panels on Sunday as well. So. That's the Avengers Initiative, Yay. and we're very excited to share what we do. Yes, I was seeing those things because Mike's also been posting as well, and yeah. I'm like, oh man, now I really regret not getting that pro badge because fudge. Mike's on our our service panel, and um, his sister is on my uh, the club panel, the general club panel we're doing. Mm, yeah. I wonder if you're able to live stream. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. We'll find out. We'll find out. Okay. <laughs> uh, it will be recorded, so it won't be live stream, but it will have a video of it. Okay. Awesome. I, well, I'm, I'm pretty sure. I'm looking forward to it. And then uh, you could find me on Nomtalk Network or Stephanie Sandmeyer anywhere. Unless it's a white lady, then it's not me. It's probably some distant relative. <laughs> I found out there's like two other Stephanie Sandmeyers that I've seen through Google. So that's fun fact. Cool. Um, be sure. Thanks for tuning in. Be sure to follow or join our Discord to, co to continue this conversation. Follow all of our social platforms at Nomtalk Network right here. And then uh, tune in to our next show. It might be Friday, but most likely Monday when we come back to talk about Muppet Christmas Carol. So on that <laughs> note, I'm so excited. I love that movie. It's a great movie. Until then, I am your host, Stephanie, and you have a nomorific day.